This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. This is Kellen Day, and I'm the assistant rector here at Church of the Incarnation in Highlands, North Carolina. And it is June 24th, and this is our 14th episode of Empty Pews. And this is Bentley Manning. I'm the rector here, and it is wonderful to be with you all for this 14th episode. So we're going to play a little game today, kind of a game. Um, And we're going to have 20 questions with the rector. So I'm going to ask Bentley 20 questions. There are some serious ones, some silly ones. And um, he's going to answer, and maybe y'all will know Bentley a bit better after this. Uh, Perfect. Let the questions begin. Okay, Bentley. I'm going to start you off with an easy one. Um, what is your favorite family summer activity? Probably jumping in the lake together as a family. Which lake? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Any lake. It doesn't matter. The ocean? Not the ocean. The, I, I said the lake. A lake. A, a lake. lake. Okay. The second question is, what is the best thing about being a priest? The best thing, okay, there are a couple of things. Uh, if you have to do one, it's that uh, we are generalists. We live in a society where everyone's specialized, but to be a priest means that you get uh, to uh, study scripture, you get to preach, you, got, you get to uh, think about outreach, you get invited into people's lives, and being a generalist uh, is is a lot of fun. That's your favorite thing about being a priest. I mean, that's not the churchy <laughs> answer. Kind of it's like... not the churchy answer, but it's a it's a... It's a good answer. For the purposes of this trivia game thing, I think that it's fun to be a generalist. I could say a lot more about the gifts of being a priest. But one thing I want to say is that uh, being a priest invites you to participate in all aspects of life. What's your middle name? Bentley. (laughs) My first name is William. That threw me when I got here. Okay, next up, Bentley. Are you a feminist? All right, Kellen, I think this is a trick question. It's maybe. not a trick question, I just It's not. Here's what I know. I know that it seems like there are lots of different definitions for what that is, and that's changed over the centuries. But I want to say, sitting here talking to you, yes, I'm a feminist. What about talking to like some of your other friends? Would you say that to them? If they asked me? Mm-hmm. I think I would. But again, I think it depends on what you mean by feminist. Like equal Hold rights up. and opportunities. <laughs> yeah, for equal women. rights opportunities. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not a caveman. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, how many jackets do you own? I I don't know. No, you have to give a number. I I I, I think Kellen thinks I have a lot of jackets. I've <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> I'm looking for a precise number. It rains in Highlands. It's cold in Highlands. Sometimes you go out to eat in Highlands. You go to church. There's lots of different experiences you can have in yeah, Highlands. It's yes. It might be. Um, 
I don't think it, I don't it borderlines on sinful, but I don't think I just have a lot of jackets. You just need to say a number. I don't know. Okay, if I had to guess how many jackets you have, I would probably like put it around like thirty. Uh, that might be high. Okay. Well, we don't know. I guess we'll never know how many jackets Bentley has. Um, our next question is: What is a typical Wednesday night look like for you? In our household, sure. A typical Wednesday looks like you know I'm getting home. Um, we cook dinner together. It depends on if it's the summer or the you know a school day. If it's a school night, we're working on homework, uh, bath time for the kiddos, tucking them in, and then normally I'm asleep pretty early. Um, what's the vegetable that you're most looking forward to eating from your garden? Um. Bentley's growing a garden. I like Brussels sprouts, but family. we're not growing those in our garden. I think uh, I'm interested in what happens with the carrots. Cool. If you could go anywhere on vacation next month, even though you can't, um, where would it be? Tokyo. Really? I've never Why? been. I've never been to Asia. Why Tokyo? It just I think culturally, just would feel like it'd be a fun, rewarding experience to go somewhere uh, pretty different from where we are. And they probably have good sushi there. I love sushi. Um, what year is your Bronco? 1970. Who's the theologian that has most inspired you? <laughs> Look, everyone listening <laughs> knows this. It's Rowan Williams. And or that's, you, or I mean, Stanley Hauerwas. Neither of those is particularly fashionable. I feel like that's maybe a stock answer that you'll get from a, a number of uh, priests. But for me, it's true as well. Rowan Williams uh, and Stanley Hauerwas have been helpful to me but you'd pick rowan over stanley yeah you had to choose i'd pick rowan over stanley okay that's clarifying the god i believe in is a god who is not an item inside the universe not a being among others but the energy the action of love and intelligence that saturates everything that is the source of everything, that sustains everything moment by moment, that is always in the depth of every situation, capable of turning things around and making a difference, precisely because this God is not just part of the system, but the context of it all. What's the best thing about living in Highlands? The best thing about living in Highlands is that you walk outside your door and there are like trails and rivers and animals um, all over the place. That you need a lot of jackets for. That you need a <laughs> lot of jackets for. What's your favorite hymn? One of your favorite you, hymns. I think um, Land of Rest is one of my favorite hymns. Which text? That's a tune. Yeah, right. Is the tune... I'm going to get confused here. I'm not great at keeping these together. Jerusalem, my happy home. That's the text. Yeah, I mean, that's my favorite. That, really? That tune to that text is my favorite. I thought for sure you'd say, let all mortal flesh keep silent. Well, that's the other one, but you said pick one. I did. Um, name one real fear that you have. 
this a serious question or a fun question? It's a serious question. Well, I'm like everyone else. I have a fear of being alone. But I think uh, maybe a little more lighthearted is I'm scared of birds. (laughs) Any kind of bird? I just, geese in particular, I I don't (laughs) want anywhere near those critters. The flapping and the beaks and the feet, it's just, it makes me a little, ugh. (laughs) What dinner would you order on your birthday? Uh, We've already mentioned sushi as something that I really love. I think if I'm just, this is going to sound kind of boring maybe, but I think if it's like a good steak on my birthday, that's, I'm happy. (laughs) have any other comments but giggles um <laughs> and would you want me to say like lobster no i think a good steak is a great birthday dinner um what was your most notable characteristic as a child like they'd be like bentley is like this you might want to call gene manning no and ask i'm asking her. you i don't know that i know come on think um Okay, so Bentley is having a little trouble with this question. So I did what he asked, and we called his mother, Jean Manning, and asked her what were the notable characteristics of Bentley as a child. The first thing that she said is that he was mischievous. (laughs) And then she also followed up with that he was very kind and thoughtful and chatty. Um, The band that you most want to see is what? Or who? Well, I like Jason Isabel a whole lot. I've seen him in concert. I'd like to see that again. Hmm. Um, You don't want to see a new band? My daughter asked me the other day if we could go see the High Women uh, live, and I said absolutely. So I know that's in the same register as Jason Isabel, but the High Women, is that's on our list. When did you first know that you wanted to be a priest? I first knew that I thought I wanted to be a priest when I was graduating from college and I was in New York City preparing to go to the Dominican Republic. And how? That's a follow-up question, not a separate question. We may not have time with the questions. I mean, it's... (laughs) Give a little something. How'd you know? Well, isn't it Pascal that says the heart has its reasons of which the mind knows nothing? Something like this. Uh-huh. That's the best I can do at the moment. Um, who's your favorite parishioner? I'm just, <laughs> 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 just kidding. Um, what are you most excited about at Incarnation right now? Kellen, that's a wonderful question. I think what I'm most excited about when I just take one step back and think about our parish is that we are working and functioning, I think, as one cohesive body, um, and that really excites me. I mean, the, the, the possibilities of what we can do with God's help uh, as one whole body working together with a common vision, a common goal, uh, really excites me. And so that will manifest itself in lots of different ways, but um, if I were just to step back and, and think about what excites me about my work here right now, it would be that we are working together as a team. And isn't that what you want from a church, right? The mission of the church is to reconcile all people to God and to each other in Christ and feels like we've done some good work about um, being together as a group. I agree. Last question, Bentley. Yes. Um, 
who's a person, can't be famous, can't be a theologian, who has made Christianity credible for you? Kellen, I may have already told you about uh, this person, but when I lived in the Dominican Republic, there was uh, a, a little kid. His name was Palulu, and he was probably eight, maybe ten. And he did not go to school with all the other kids during the day. Uh, he had some handicaps that didn't allow him to do that. And so he sat uh, in the street often uh, by himself and would, would find his way into church all the time and would oftentimes uh, come into the sanctuary and quite literally like kind of uh, separate hands that might be holding onto one e- one another so that he could kind of join in on the circle, join in on the prayer. Um, kind of I, the image that I have in my brain is always, you know, him extending his hand out uh, to hold on to someone else. And it should be said that people in the town, particularly the other boys, picked on him a lot. Um but again, he, he found himself in church uh, all the time. Uh, if the doors were open, he was there clapping, singing, uh, again, holding on to someone's hand. And one day before I was teaching an, an English class, uh, we were sitting next to each other, as was our custom, and sharing gum with one another. And I asked him why he goes to church. So I said, Palulu, why do you go to church? And there was a long pause, and he kind of looked up and looked at me, and he said, we go to church to see God. And there was something about his life and his perspective that made God's life enormously credible to me in that moment and continues to be a witness to me uh, today. Thanks, Bally. Thanks, everybody, for uh, humoring us and our 20 questions with the rector. hope you, I mean, I got to know Bentley a little bit better in this session, so I'm sure you did too. And it's, that's always a delight, Bentley. Thanks, Kellen. As you can imagine, I think we're going to play this game the other way around in the weeks ahead. Uh, We'll we'll see. We'll see. Tune in. Normally, we give a summary of the gospel reading uh, for the Sunday ahead of us, but this coming's gospel is so short, it makes more sense just to read it. So this is uh, from the 10th chapter of Matthew. Jesus said, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. 
And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. So when we hear this text, I feel like it's really easy to think that we should sort of be the ones welcoming others. Yeah, so Kellen, this is also a reminder that we all need to slow down when we read scripture. I read this just now and assumed kind of off the cuff, you know, knee-jerk reaction that it, it was saying something about us being hospitable to others. And then you rightly said to me, Bentley, I think it's about us being a guest of other people. Yeah, I think that's what the text is about. It's a, it's about learning to be welcomed and that, you know, those who are showing you hospitality will receive their reward. But for us reading, you know, the text, it's like, how, how do we learn to be the guest? How do we learn to um, receive the gifts offered to us freely? And I think um, we're not always like... <laughs> super good at doing that we you know feel like we need to bring something to a house we need to you sort of like write a thank you note and all those are lovely customs um but when it comes to sort of grander things than you know just a dinner with friends then I think we have a hard time receiving large gifts and Kellen all of this reminds me of something uh my second favorite theologian says Stanley Hauerwas, who I mentioned earlier in the podcast, he says, it's no wonder that we hate God. And the reason we hate God, he thinks, is because of this exactly what you're saying, is that when people give us a gift, our first impulse is to try to figure out how we can balance that gift out somehow, pay someone back for what they have offered to us. And we do that in order to be on level a level playing field with them, equal footing. But the reason we hate God, says Stanley Hauerwas, is because God has given us everything. And there's absolutely no way that we can give God uh, anything back that would level that playing field. Um, And so we hate God uh, because uh, we, we come to discover that no matter what we do, at the end of the day, we are not God, as much as we might want to be. Yeah, so the, the text puts us in the place of a guest. And in the place of a guest, right, there comes sort of the sense of vulnerability. Um, you are not in control of the situation, the room. Um, you, like, what does it mean to be a guest of someone else? Yeah, I think ex- I think that sounds exactly right to me. I mean, when you go to someone else's home, thinking of that as being a guest going to someone's home, it's you're not in, in control of what you're going to eat. You're not in control of the timing. You're not in control of really anything except uh, to take the posture of receptivity so that you can be welcomed into a world that might not be your own, and to receive all the gifts that come along with that. Yeah, there's like this risk to being a guest, but I think that there's equal amount sort of um, 
gift and beauty to, if you're open and able to be open to others, to, you know, be able to be served, which I feel like is uncomfortable for, you know, Western Christians who like want to serve, want to give, want to like be the person helping. And this text is like, hey, like you actually have to learn what it means to to be served, to be okay in that role. Um, I also think, Kellen, when I, I don't know about you, but I find that when I go uh, to someone's home, uh, if, you know, there's, there is a, there's a particular kind of uh, posture and person that's really good at offering hospitality. And sometimes on the way home from a dinner or uh, time together with others, I find myself thinking something like, you know, I really like the way they did X and such. That's something I'd like to offer to others as well. You learn. You learn. And I think Mm -hmm. so much of being a guest of God is about learning the patterns, um, the grace, and the love uh, that God puts on to display for us. And then hopefully we learn how to share that with others. This prayer comes from St. Ignatius of Loyola from the 16th century. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and possess. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. All is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Empty Pews. Please join us this Sunday at 1010 for our last Zoom coffee hour. Uh, Absolutely. Join us for that and be on the lookout uh, for emails and publications from the parish office updating you on our worship schedule uh, and changes uh, to that for the months ahead. We love you. We miss you. God's peace.